Welcome to the Bread and Circuses podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Again, we're at uh, episode 23. I'm Rooster. Here's Crow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bad, not bad for coming up with it on a fly. I gotta tell you, my uh, my world's a little shattered. We were talking about this beforehand. Somebody mentioned all these sugar in these protein bars. And I've been looking at them. That's all they are. They're basically glorified candy bars. Yeah, the tasty ones, especially the ones that actually taste good. Yeah, I mean, if you go get a pro- protein bar that tastes like, uh, you know, dirt and maybe wadded up paper maybe it's like a chocolate covered brick yeah those (laughs) probably don't have a whole lot of sugar in them that's too bad oh well what do you do all right so we were having a uh we were having a soon-to-be spirited debate about immigrants and uh you know you being a white nationalist and all (laughs) and uh we just kept saying no save for the podcast save for the podcast so uh okay i'm not a white nationalist (laughs) What you're not? I'm not. Why? I, I believe I believe here? different races can live together. So I'm not a white nationalist. No, but you think they shouldn't? You think you shouldn't have any? Of, what I did can. You, what'd you call them? Mudbloods or something? <laughs> like that? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can I can sympathize with with uh, an ele- some elements of the white nationalist cause or what what they're doing because they're, see right there. Now we're gonna be banned. Yeah, they're getting. We're done. They're getting kind of pushed. It's nice in. knowing you, people. <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening, but Crow just got a, got us kicked off. Yeah, but I, I understand where they're coming from. So how so? Because they're it's this whole trend here lately of shitting on white people is is creating kind of a blowback situation where white people are going, well, fuck you. We're not that bad. We're actually pretty good. And uh, by saying that we're considered racists and, and what they're doing or, or white nationalists and, and what they're, they're doing is going, you know what? Fuck it. Let's, uh, let's embrace it. Fuck them. And I think that's kind of part of the attitude of what's going on. Well, my problem with it is like, you know, imagine you're at a party and uh, you know, you're, you're, you've got a friend there and you're being introduced to new people and, it's you and a couple of your friends getting introduced to uh, these other people, and and your friend who's introducing you goes, "Well, here's uh, Bob, my one friend, and here's Steve, my other friend, and here's uh, oh, here's here's Crow. He's the he's our basically fucking asshole friend." And you'd be like, "What? What are you talking about? I'm not a bad guy. Maybe that's a bad example because you kind of are an asshole." But uh, anyway, um, but you know what I mean? It's like this whole thing about. Yeah, white people suck and it's okay. Again, we talked about this many podcasts ago, but the guy who invented Minecraft and then sold it off basically at the thing where he just tweeted one time, hey, it's okay to be white. Right. People just blew up on him. He didn't say anything hateful. Nope. People were like, oh, geez, don't flaunt your privilege like that. In today's day and age right now, it's okay to advocate for your your race if you're not white. So you can you can have an advocacy group for Hispanic or for blacks or um, sexual preference or or um, you know an Asian you know group and openly say, hey, this group is for um, promoting um, black issues or Hispanic issues or Asian issues. And there's no I batted at that. But if a white person were to do that, it's uh, oh my god, you know, it's the end of the world. They're Nazis. 
Well, yeah, because that's what the Nazis are, right? Hmm. <laughs> I, I love this whole idea of um, you can't be racist if you're non-white well, because they've, they've racism redef- yeah. has to have a has to have a power element. Yeah, to they've it. tried to redefine what racist redefine what it is, and it's bullshit. It's it's more of this uh, postmodernist uh, leftist bullshit where where nothing means anything anymore, or it means what you want it to mean. Yeah, there's no standard anymore. Yep. So yeah, racism now you can't be racist unless you have privilege plus um what power plus privilege and and some, you know it's it's all bullshit is what it is. It's the three P's: power, privilege, and property. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Sure that that might be the next evolution sure, of it. Who know. knows? Yeah, we got to take all your shit. But you and I, you and I were uh, we were honestly disagreeing on the whole immigrants thing. You were saying what? We yeah, don't need I, them. You don't. You don't need. You can shut down immigration almost a hundred, almost a hundred percent if you wanted to, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't destroy the economy. It wouldn't impact um, um, anything more than like a blip. And people try to say, well, you need to bring in like there's some countries in Europe, especially where the the population um, they're not reproducing fast enough. You know, instead of two point whatever kids per family, there is one point something or whatever. Um, and declining and they're going, well, you have to replace those workers with someone. No, you don't. You can adjust. Capitalism will adjust for that. Wow. Okay. You have more, uh, you have more faith in capitalism in that than I do. Yeah. No, I, I think, uh, I would love to see immigration be calm down. I would like it to, to see it be easier, but way more enforced. So I think the process for coming to the United States is too difficult, so people try and circumvent it. But I think we should be even less tolerant of people trying to do it illegally than we are now. Well, and also the the, the refugee status bullshit. We're bringing people over here because we feel bad for them. That's not that's not a good thing for anybody. It's not good for them. It's not good for us. It just adds to the uh, adds to the blow to the government having to deal with that. It adds to um, the taxpayer uh, responsibility to, to to take care of a lot of these people that are never gonna. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna take more than they give, um, and and you, you they'd be better off of getting helped in their own country or getting helped in a surround like a near next door country that could give them kind of a refugee status and we could send money to them to make their living situation bearable until the shit in their own country straightens out if it's a legitimate um, claim of of um, you know po- political or or um, what is it what do they call it the um, um, refugee status, if it's legitimate, if it's not just economic migrants saying, "Oh, we're not making money and we're poor, we need to find a place to get to make more money," which fucking cut that completely off. I don't give two shits. Um, but if they're legitimately being persecuted for their religion or being persecuted for their, um, you know, sexuality or being persecuted for whatever their ethnic um, makeup, uh, and they need to get out of there because they're getting massacred or something or getting you know sent to the gulag. Yeah, that something should be done, and, and you know, uh, if you want to help them out, great, help them out. But bringing them over here, how's that supposed to be the panacea and cure all for that? Doesn't fix anything. It makes things worse. You heartless son of a bitch! Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> I my problem with the refugee status is that if we give someone refugee status, they have an automatic uh, pile of social welfare benefits they get. Yeah, I think it should be cool. We'll take you in. Now you gotta. Now you gotta make it here. You yeah, know. but then what do you do when they don't? You can't just let them, you know, become homeless and what beg for money on the streets. 
See, that's a thing. I that's where I think uh, capitalism is brutal, but uh, I also think when government gets involved, we have way more home homelessness. Look at look at Seattle. Homelessness in Seattle is friggin' exploding because they make it really easy to be homeless in Seattle. And I know people are going to say it's not easy to be homeless. No, I get that. But when they're you know doing needle exchanges and all of this, it. Again, I've mentioned this before, but Adam Carolla had a thing that said, if we got rid of all of social welfare programs tomorrow, nobody's going to starve tomorrow. But there'd be a whole lot of people who go, shit, I got to get a job. Right. You know? Well, another thing that's been happening is the the hands-off approach of law enforcement, too, is uh, um, there's been a lot more just allowing people to shit on the streets and to sleep on benches and oh my god you know i saw a picture of uh some stuff in san francisco it was a 25 pound bag of human waste that was just sitting on a corner yeah i I mean i thought that was i still wouldn't be surprised to find out that's fake but there were just there was a, a video i saw a news reporter just walking down the street there in the tenderloin district and it's just shit, literal shit sitting on the streets all over the place. Well, there used to be a point where you could walk through these these public parks in these areas and you could bring your family there and everybody knows now you can't do that. It's basically infested with homeless and you know, you're stepping over shit, you're stepping over needles, you're stepping over violent crazy people that are hiding in the bushes or laying on the benches and you know, they they're they're not putting them where they need to go either in an institution if they're mentally unstable or if they're addicted to drugs putting locking them up and you know giving some sort of program for that they're just letting them fester and it's just bad for society yeah i i'm of the mind i don't think people should go to i don't think people should go to jail for drug offenses i think they should go to mandatory rehab yeah but some people consider that jail (laughs) yeah i i get it but back to this whole refugee thing i I guess I don't understand why someone gets to come here and say, I'm a refugee from another country. And we say, okay, well, here's a place to live and here's a, here's some money and here's, they're not getting rich off of it, but it's enough that they don't have to work if they don't want to, you know, they're not living high off the hog, but there's programs that could be, that money could be used for programs for, for American citizens that, that are in dire straits for whatever reason. And like you said, maybe even, uh, um, um, a detox programs and stuff for people. And, um, the, there's, you know, our homeless where we could have, you know, um, subsidies for, for, for housing. Well, they say, yeah, there is that stuff now. Right. But they're always saying, well, there's not enough. Not enough. Well, the, then put that money that's going towards bringing in refugees, uh, towards people that are here that, that need the help. I don't see why you can't do that. Yeah. And there's people saying, well, it's not an either or, it's both. You can do both. And I'm like, mm, not really. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a limited amount of funds you can use. Yeah, there's only so many resources. But. And like I said before, you can help these people out better in their either in their own countries or in neighboring countries and saying, hey, talk to that neighboring country and go, hey, take these refugees in um, temporarily. We'll build, we'll build um, housing and we'll make it safe and, you know... Um, once things get squared away in their own country, they'll they'll have an impetus to go back because they're right next door and they don't want to leave their country, most of them. Yeah, but imagine if, and this is probably a bad example, but just go with it for a minute. If Canada came to us and said, yeah, we're getting a lot of people who want to come here uh, from Mexico. So tell you what, we'll give you a bunch of money. Why don't you set up places for them to live in New Mexico and Arizona and uh, Texas? 
That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, we'd be like, fuck you. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I think I do believe, and I don't know, I haven't talked to these refugees, but I got to believe their preference would be to stay in their country. Yeah, and once they've come this distance, like I'm not talking about South America, I'm talking about overseas immigration, and some South America, like not just Mexico, but lower, um, further south. Um, yeah, when it's that far of a distance that they've come, they're less inclined to want to go back once they get established here. Well, I'm just sick of people bringing up the, you know, give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. It's a great philosophy, but it's not policy. It's it's words written on a statue, you know? Yeah. It's, it, it's not how we should be dealing with – it's a philosophy we should incorporate into what we're doing. Hey, you know, come here. And make something of yourself because this is the place to do it. But don't don't think that, you know, you can just come here and we'll put you at a lifestyle that people have worked hard to reach. But I'm still of the opinion that immigration is not the is not it doesn't have to be the standard. Why does immigration all these Western countries are like immigration is part of our population plan, our plan of expanding and growing immigration is part of that. Why does it have to be? Well, because you can make programs for these people that aren't. The, the more the more civilized a country gets, um, the less the, the birth rate has declines in most of these countries that get the more, you know, technolo- technologically advanced and more uh, egalitarian and all that, they their birth rates decline. But there can be programs put in place that would counter that, that would make it beneficial to have more kids. And like what, though? Uh, just promoting families by by giving tax breaks or 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 benef- more benefits to people that have more than two kids. I think that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Sounds like a social program to me. It is. But you're already doing social programs for um, immigrants to, to, to do that same thing, to expand your population and to build the workforce, whereas you're bringing in people that, that aren't compatible to a large extent to your culture. Um, if you just take your already established people that are here that are part of the culture and part of um, our civilization, Western um, values and, and, and you promote families for them and say, Hey, you know, it used to be a time when well, back in the, I don't know, thirties, forties, fifties, where it only took one income to raise a family of like four or five. You had the, the husband going out, producing that paycheck. The wife stayed home, took care of the kids, raised the, raised the kids. And look, it still only takes one. They can afford it, but it was a lot easier then. And now, now you, you know, people look at it and they go, oh, so everything's so expensive. We need these two incomes. And, and then once you have the two incomes and what do you do with the kids and you have to pay for, for daycare and all that kind of stuff. It's like, look, make it more incentivized, the, the incentivized to have children and, and say that you can afford to live a good middle-class life with, with one parent having the income and the other parent raising the kids. You, you know what? You can do that now. I, I don't care. When people say, no, no, you have to have two incomes to raise a family of four. You know, I'm not talking four kids. That's that's getting out there. But two or three kids, if you're not going to Disney World and owning a jet ski and getting a new car every three years or four years or whatever, um, you can do it on one income. I remember seeing an article in Men's Health way back in like 2002. And I, I think you could say the same thing is true. You just adjust the numbers. And it was saying, take one income at 55000 bucks, right? So the major breadwinner in that family is making fifty five, and the other person is making forty five. So take away that second person's job 
and they're working at home or they're just at home. So now instead of getting by on $100,000, you're getting by on fifty five. And they figured out that you only keep about seven to 9000 of that second income anyway. Now, some of those numbers were kind of, they were fudged because it was like, well, you don't need a second car if this person's at home. Yeah, you do. You know, you got to get kids to places they need to go. And it's always, I think it's good to have that second car just in case something happens to the first one. But, but it was doing things like that person at that second job, if it's a professional job, is wearing professional clothes and doing dry cleaning and you're paying for daycare and it puts you into another tax bracket, which they take more money from. And um, let's face it, people have two incomes in their family now because they want to pay for a bunch of shit they don't need. You know, if people would live much more humbly and believe me, I could do it too. Um, I think we'd all be better off, but people don't want to. They they want stuff, you know, and yeah. But if you're gonna if you're gonna put government programs towards things to expand your workforce and you know tax base and all that kind of stuff, why would you put it towards families that are citizens ahead of just people from from anywhere that aren't that might have different value systems, might have different ideas of of uh, how how um a country should should thrive well i mean i i think you uh as far as putting programs in place i say there's a couple programs you take away i think you take away again the minimum wage which just allows more people to enter the workforce and work their way up but the big one and i'm stealing this from milton friedman was get if you want to make college cheaper get rid of college loan programs just get rid of them don't give people free money for college I know everybody's going to say, well, then how the hell are people going to go to school? Colleges have to have a certain amount of enrollment. And if a college costs thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year, and all of a sudden their enrollment drops because people can't afford to go there, that college is going to have to adjust pretty quickly. You know, we've got people who are getting 80% or 50% or whatever the percentage is. It's more than 50% of their college paid for by the government. Government's going to be... Colleges are going to be happy to take that money that you're getting from the government that you have to pay back. You know, so they're getting these they're getting these kids to graduate with tons of debt that they can barely pay back. You know, and we're running a, a program which is giving out money, which is driving the cost of the college up. If if Party A knows that Party B is going to get money from Party C, Party A has no has no incentive. To lower the cost for Party B. Right. None. And so there's a program we can get rid of. Everybody's going to be better off. You know, so I think we start getting rid of some of these programs. And the refugee programs is one of them. Well, and then you have to think and, you know, with the refugee program that comes with the housing program. You know, there's, there's an element of that where you're, if you bring them in, you have to house them. You have to figure out where they're going to live. And that's propping up the, uh, the cost of housing, right? Yeah. So... If you if you wouldn't have that, then the housing would be lowered, and the people that live here, citizens that live here that aren't able to afford it, maybe if the housing costs lower, they'd be able to afford having their own home and having the equity building up in that. So yeah, it'd be good for them. That's another reason to not have this massive um, influx of immigration, especially like the Western countries are having right now, and they're saying like France, which brings in um, you know there's a shitload of Muslims coming into France. Um, 
and they're saying, well, this is a good thing because we need people to replace. But most of them are working age men. Uh, it's not refugees. It's economic. And they're not getting jobs. They're on the public assistance. Right. And we shouldn't make it easy for yeah. you to come here and not work. Right. So they're saying it's beneficial because you, what you, we're creating workers and taxpayers to pay for all these retiring people. I'm like, no, you're not. You're just adding to the cost of society because they are not they are not contributing to it. Well, so take a take a family in like Honduras, for example, that doesn't like the political situation there and wants to pack up their family and move them all the way across Mexico and make that journey and get to the United States and uh, um, come here and just be productive citizens. I think I am ha- I am happy to take those people in as long as we're not giving them a bunch of programs that say, hey, you know, you're going to – here's a place to live. Here's a bunch of money. I, I realize a bunch is a relative term. Here's enough money to um, pay your basic needs and a little bit more um, and give them an incentive to not go out and get a job. I I want people almost literally hungry so that they need to do that next Yeah, day. I guess I wouldn't even be so much opposed to having that little bit of money for them if they're coming in legitimately have – that motivation to contribute to society they're not coming and you but to get that head head start just give them like a certain time period say this is it this is the time and if you aren't producing by the time this gets cut off you gotta go well i read a usa today article 10 years ago that was talking about michigan had a 10-year limit on their um on their welfare benefits you got 10 years so if you uh if you lost your job cool you can take your welfare benefits but the clock starts ticking and at the time, so this is roughly 2007 or eight. at the time, that had been in place for 10 years. So you're starting to see the people who had run out of benefits. And I remember a few people from that, because it was written about 50-50, you know, these people got jobs, these people didn't. There was one person in there who, she went out and got a job in a mailroom at a business because she needed to. It was the only job she could get. But now she's going to retire at that company with a 401k in middle management. Not not the greatest job in the world, but she she had nothing, you know. And now she's proud of what she did. There was another guy who uh, went into a company, the tool and die company, and he learned to do that stuff. And he said, you know, I'm going to retire here because this kind of saved me. There was another woman who, and that's... <laughs> This is one of those things where I think you have to look at the circumstances, too. She said, well, I've had 11 jobs in the last 12 months because our benefits ran out. She goes, and I had to go out and buy a lawnmower to mow lawns just to make extra money. And People go, wow, she's really struggling. And I think, back up, why did you have 11 jobs in the last 12 months? You get fired every month or do you quit every month? Probably a combination of the two. Yeah. And she's sitting there going, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, she has to keep going out and get the next job. Um, I want to feel bad for someone in that situation. And maybe if I knew more about it, I would, but I don't, you know, I mean, I want there to be some safety net for people. If people come here and they're willing to go down the path to citizenship, I'm willing to give them some help, but I don't like this idea of just show up here, get benefits and kind of sit on your ass. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying cut off immigration completely. And there's, there's beneficial immigration and I'm not talking even... The temporary stuff where they're coming for schooling or whatever, or temporary jobs, you know, as long as they have every intention of heading back home. 
but you know that's part of the green card system. Yeah, I but guess. if somebody wants to come here from you know Moldova because it sucks there and get a scholarship to go to college here, and they do a good job and they become productive and they say, you know what, now I want to stay and I want to contribute here. I'm fine with that. Yeah, so you're proving that you're that you've taken whatever. Uh, um, charity, I guess, is for the lack of a better word, that you've gotten and you're going to actually contribute back. Or if somebody comes from Mexico and says, I want to uh, I want to start a restaurant and, uh, you know, I'm not going to college or anything like that, but I'm going to put a restaurant in a town that can use one, uh, contribute to the tax base, employ some people who may not be able to get jobs otherwise. I'm I'm all for that stuff. I just hate this idea of we're just supposed to take everybody because it says that on a fucking and, statue. And just take care of them for the rest of their life and their family's lives and yeah. not have any expectation of them contributing. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do something. Yeah. And I realize that, you know, immigration is a landmine. Nobody wants to step on when it comes to that stuff. And it's, oh, it's for the children and all this stuff. But it's very interesting when you dig into this, the, you know, the kids in cages thing, which isn't happening. Yes, People are separated from their families at the border. But looking into this, you get if if you are crossing illegally, they will take the families and separate them. If you go to a regular port of entry and say, hey, here I am, they don't separate them necessarily. But you have the option to go back or they say, look, here's what we're going to do. We may separate you if you're going in the refugee program. They have every choice, but they they choose to cross illegally, and then they get separated, and then they say we're terrible people for breaking these families up. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't want to people misunderstand. I I don't think a lot of people coming here from shitty countries are are out to try to screw over America. They're trying to make a better life for themselves and their families, right? Um, I, I I get it. And that might be their intention. But the reality is a lot of them coming over here don't have the ability to to function our society in a way that's productive. How racist of yeah. you to say. See, you just hate brown people. Yeah. So it's not their fault for wanting to come here. It's the government's fault and our people's fault for, for not having a system that, that deals with that effectively. See, I don't. I don't care what your color, your race, all that stuff is. I don't care. Just come here and be productive and stay out of everybody else's business. You know, if you can if you can show up here, I don't care what your religion is, any of that stuff, as long as you don't make your religion everybody else's business. The problem, I think, is we have people who come here from other countries with the idea that they want a better life, and they find out that maybe we've made life a little easier here than they thought it would be. And they start to get comfortable, and I don't, I don't want to see yeah, that. Yeah, being on the government, yeah, dull. Yeah, there's no shame on that in that stuff anymore. There's no, you know, I'm, I'm not working, kind of thing. I mean, yeah. some some people just sort of relish that that spot in society, and it drives me nuts. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's about all I have on that. I don't have real answers or definite opinions and everything. It's just ranting i guess right yeah i guess but, right well if you're like me you lead a busy active lifestyle with frequent trips to the bathroom and sure toilet paper is fine for general wiping but if you want that little something extra for that little extra something between your patootie and your hoo-ha you'll want to use fresh brand taint wipes 
These portable disposable taint wipes come in a variety of styles. Fresh neck for men, fresh rest for women, and fresh guest. Guess for the ambiguous and gender fluid. Just remember, if it ain't fresh brand taint wipes, it taint good enough for your taint. All right, so we're going to do some... Uh, we get, we got to find out who our director of advertising is and tell them they need to be alone. I just get handed copy and I read it. That's all I do. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, we'll do a couple of these table topics from the Lucite Brick of Wonder. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rooster, what's the farthest you've walked in a day? Uh, 10 miles, maybe? That doesn't seem very far. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> I don't know, probably 10. I've biked a lot more than that. I'll bet you if you added up all the steps you took, like at Disneyland or something, it'd probably be 15 miles. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I got into a, I got into an argument with someone over a pedometer. They said, uh, I, was, I was talking to two people, and one of them goes, oh, I forgot my pedometer today. And I said, eh, I had one, then I stopped using it. And the three of us were walking and talking, and the other two people just stopped in their tracks and said, what? I said, I had one, and I stopped using it. Like, why would you stop using it? And I said, it was one more thing I had to bring with me all the time. It was keys, phone, wallet, you know, all that stuff, and pedometer. And they're like, well, I don't, I don't know how I'd get by without one. Yeah. How would you decide where to walk and how far to walk every day without one? <laughs> it said, I said, I don't need... I don't need a pedometer to tell me, like, I've done something today. I know if I sat on my ass all day or if I went and did something. So I this idea that you need to be uh, positively reinforced for everything. I got my 10,000 steps in. Who who cares? Yeah. I said, I don't know if I did 7,000 or 12,000 steps, but I know if I did 2,000 or 12,000 steps. So, Well, some people want that goal. Yeah. Like, How about I you? Got, What's the longest you've ever walked? I never paid, a, paid attention. Couldn't give two shits. I don't know. Take a guess. 15 miles. Okay. That's a good guess. All right, good. All right. If you were the mayor of your city, what would you change? Death penalty. Right there. Let's not get started. <laughs> oh, you want to you want to bring in the death penalty? Okay. Yeah, I would absolutely have it. Awesome. And cool. it would just be on a whim. It would just be like that <laughs> that person. No. I, I don't know. There's I, way too much to go over with that question. I, I mean, think... That's a deeper uh, conversation. Than I would just start getting rid of shit, you know? Yeah. So I don't know where I'd start. Did you, to give you an idea of the stuff that drives me nuts in local government, we had, uh, we built a new house years ago. Didn't have a water softener in it. So we're building a deck. The deck inspector comes in and we had a walkout basement. And while she's looking in there, she sees our utility area. It was an unfinished basement. She goes, oh, I see you have a water softener. Like, yeah. She goes, keep in mind, this is our deck inspector. She goes, did you get a permit for it? I laughed at her. She didn't laugh back. She goes, I'm not kidding. Did you get a permit for your water softener? That's infuriating. I said, I need a fucking permit for my water softener? She goes, yeah. I said, all of these houses have water softeners. It was a new development. She goes, I don't know. I haven't seen theirs. <laughs> like, how much is it? 30 bucks. And it was one of those things that it's too small a number to fight and even if you won, it's going to cost you way more than 30 bucks. And there's going to be 30 other regulations just like that. Yeah. That stuff infuriates me. That's what I would change. I would start yeah. getting rid of those things. When you just want to tell her, mind your fucking business and quit snooping. Do your fucking job. 
Go well, the we, fuck away. We had dug some holes in the backyard. I was wondering if we get a buried her in. Oh, my God. I figured yeah, somebody knew where she was. How about you? Infuriating. Oh, uh, yeah. in my city, God. I would uh, immediately tell the police to start cracking down on all the bullshit that they're not cracking down on. So it's I'd do the like the Giuliani thing where it's the broken windows thing. Mm-hmm. I'd say stop and frisk. Yep. Crack down on everything. Anything illegal on the streets, uh, panhandling on the streets, um, anybody uh, graffitiing, anybody um, you know, suspicious, harass the shit out of them, get them out of there. Somebody sleeping on a park bench, get them out of there. Arrest them or give them a ticket, arrest them, take them somewhere, just like they used to. You'd be, you'd bring back Prima Nocta too, wouldn't you? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> that's uh that's that medieval thing no, uh, look it up yeah <laughs> uh last one here uh rooster where would you like to live someday uh i don't know it depends on the day a bomb shelter in um montana yeah you want to live in like a little quonset hut living on canned food no probably. like a like a like a hollowed out silo that turned that's got turned into like a state-of-the-art bomb shelter yeah. yeah, that's what I want. That's where I want to live. Just all by yourself in there? No, I'd, I'd start, uh, I'd make a community out of it, you know, only the right, quote unquote right people. So it'd be you and a bunch of uh, bunch of 22-year-old women? That'd be a good start. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have any desire to like... I mean, there's lots of places I'd like to visit. I don't want to live in, like, Florida or anything like that. I don't know. Some place where the seasons still change, but it's not. Oh, would you like to live in, like, a nice cabin somewhere? Kind of close enough to a city where you could make a trip for the weekend or but far enough away not to be in the thick of it? That'd be kind of nice. Yeah, probably a cabin on a on a lake in sort of an, an hour from a major city kind of thing. Yeah. And by major city, I don't mean, like, a, you know, Chicago, Minneapolis, no. Denver kind of thing. I mean, like... A, you know, a town of a hundred thousand people. Yep. Somewhere I could go and, you know, go to Target and go home for a month again. Yeah, there's some people that would love to live in a huge city like New York. Oh, I'd love to live there someday. No, no, you wouldn't. You you get sick of it pretty quick. I think. I think San Francisco. You know, you can just shit on the sidewalk there. It's yeah, shoot up wherever you want. Yeah, I know. It's did you you know we were, I know we were talking about this earlier, but San Francisco had to add like. Four full-time people just to pick up needles. Mm-hmm. Mm, family friendly. Ah, uh, I think. Can I ever? Can I ever take my kids to San Francisco? Well, San Francisco is also the place where the with the the BART system, their train system, that is is so fucking crime ridden and um, there's so many attacks on it that they ended up um, shutting off or banning the the video from being shown like to news, news you know, whenever there's a crime, whenever there's an attack, they wouldn't allow the video to be shown or even though it could help find the perpetrators of the attack or the robbery. Um, because they were afraid that it'd be too racially insensitive. See, and this is another thing where I keep pointing this out and you deny it. You hate brown people. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say the color. Maybe it's all white people committing. We don't know. We're you not know, getting the video. We're not seeing who's committing these crimes. It could be a bunch of Ukrainians. You know, it was funny. Um, you and I got together with some friends a couple days ago and, uh, one of them is far to the left and he was making some comments that you and I were both saying, well, it's because you don't like brown people. That's racist. 
And he was like, he was like, no, I'm not. He was backpedaling, stumbling oh over God, himself, was, trying to. It was so funny. And we were only being half serious, but. Well, I think he. he every time he said something, yeah. he dug himself a deeper hole. And I think he understood that we were being kind of facetious or being humorous, but he, but he still was trying to defend his position and say, no, 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 you're getting me wrong here. That's not what I mean. <laughs> like, But it was what he meant. Yeah, it actually was. I mean, it was. Uh, staying in hotels and um, certain certain hotels run by certain races were not as clean as the other hotels he'd stayed in. <laughs> we were like, well, you hate brown people. No, no, no. In fact, I, I stayed at one that was run by a black man and, and it was very nice. I mean, it was just, it was so funny. And you and I, you and I were only sort of half going after him just kind of facetiously and man, he was getting uncomfortable fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just the idea that even he could even be construed as racist, I think, was was yep. terrifying to him. Yep. So, hey, you were showing me uh, a couple of pictures of James Gunn. Oh, you... God. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit before. But it's getting worse for him. Yeah. I mean, well. Um, He's going like Gerald Jared Fogel. Well, the thing is that he got fired from Disney. Um, he was supposed to direct the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, his tweet... Did he do the first and second one? Yeah. Well, if if the difference between the third one and the second one is the same as the difference between the first it and won't the second be worth one it. he getting fired is great but he he was fired for a bunch of tweets that basically were shock shock value things where he was saying these things about you know pedof- pedophilia kind of related things that were gross and um not jokes so much as just weird outrageous statements um and we we covered it so we're not going to go over that again but Kevin Feige from Marvel um, wants him rehired. He wants he went he's uh, going to Disney, and also all the cast members of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie are want did it like a little petition saying we want him back. Um, but Kevin Feige, who runs the Marvel division, a movie making division of Disney, wants him back too. And but the problem is, the more they step up for him, the more they they. They try to back him up. The more shit comes out, making him look like a fucking horrible piece of shit. So, um, you know, more tweets come out. Um, now there's pictures that have come out with him at a, and he writes it. I don't have this website up, but he writes it basically in the caption of the pictures that, yeah, I go to a lot of theme parties and this was a, uh, to catch a predator theme party. Who would have that party? Yeah. So there's pictures of him dressed up like a priest um, and then uh, two girls in in one picture with him looking creepy, and the two girls dressed up like kids, even though they're they're adult women, um, but they're dressed up with the ponytails and the, or the pigtails and the juice boxes and the stuffed animals and the pajamas, um, looking weird, and him looking creepy with them. And then another picture with him standing there, per, you know, with the uh, hands together in the praying pose, with uh like a creepy bunny, and then these two girls again dressed up like children and another guy dressed up like a female child you know raising the skirt he has like lifting up skirt and then a clown a, a guy dressed up like a a clown with his hands around one of the girl's neck yeah and it's just it's it's disgusting and i don't think it's meant as a joke per se i think it's meant like i said before he gets off on the shock value of it it's like these guys that make these super disgusting, gory horror movies. Like Hostel? Yeah, or the Rob Zombie movies. 
Um, yeah, they're I never saw them. They're bad. They're House of a Thousand Corpses, stuff like that. They're just fucking. They're 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 morally bereft of anything, you know, decent. Uh, uh, there's no uplift. Nothing uplifting about it. It's all about making making you feel like shit. And if you enjoy it, and if you if you feel like you're enjoying the violence of it or enjoying the the depravity, then there's something wrong with you. I think. You know, and that's what James Gunn is. He's been known to do this kind of stuff. He's all about depravity as a as a kind of a protest against conforming. I guess is what his. That's. I mean, if you're going to try to dig into it, and it's like. But on the other hand, I don't think it's just that. I think he's a creeper. I think deep down he's got that fucking in him to be a pedophile. And if he if if he hasn't done it, I think he's sympathetic to it at the very least. If he's bringing this shit up and doing this stuff. And it's, it's something the guy should not have any um, contact with kids or, you know, when point. you, when you brought that up before, I thought, yeah, it's an overreaction. Just the more stuff I see, yeah. the more, well, I'd never let him watch my kids. That's for sure. No. So, ugh. yeah, he's a creepy son of a bitch, but and to, I, who would have that party? Who would have a, well, I think when you're younger, like when I was younger, I wanted to do stuff to outrage the, you know, the, the authority or the people in charge or your parents or whatever. And you did things, you, you lash out just to get a react, a negative reaction. And so you'd say things you didn't mean, or you do something kind of outrageous just to, just to make somebody aghast to get that yeah. reaction out of them. But it's something you should grow out of by the time you're, you know, 20, <laughs> 18, 19, 20. Can you remember the first thing you ever saw like that? I mean, not this far, but the first thing that, like in popular culture that made you kind of uncomfortable that way? Yeah. I, if I thought about it, there's probably a couple things that still to this day, probably since I, when I saw him when I was younger going, this is why, why, why probably, you know what it was? One of them. I think I saw a couple clips from a, uh, Italian horror film and the Italian horror films are known for being extremely realistic and excre- extremely depraved and, and gruesome. And so it was like a zombie cannibal feast or something like that. Three cannibal feast, Wh- whatever it was. Because one and two were fine. It was and it three basically was, was seeing like a like a, a woman getting devoured by somebody, and it was extremely realistic. Like they, I don't know how they did it, but it was like something. It was so shocking to me that it like, you know, it was like one of those things where you couldn't get it out of your head. It was so shocking. Yeah, I can think of two of them. One was. Uh... One was my parents sort of told me about, um, and years later I saw again because I thought, wow, I'm older and I can I can see this. They were like, oh, that scene was pretty gruesome. It was the scene in Jaws where um, near the end where it comes up on the boat and the guy sort of slides into its mouth and it just sort of slowly eats the guy. Um, Jaws was out when I was a little kid, and uh, I'm glad I didn't see that at any point. But even seeing it later was kind of gruesome and disturbing, but... You know the one thing that really sort of freaked me out and made me super uncomfortable? It's going to seem totally tame, but uh, and I don't know when it was out, but the Tom Petty Don't Come Around Here Anymore video is the Alice in Wonderland theme one. And at the end of it, she's like laying there and she's made out of cake and everybody's eating her. Hmm. I just, that struck me as really odd and creepy. And Well, that doesn't come to the degree of what, I mean, that's a little more artistic though. Yeah, but it just, 
I mean, I don't know. I, I'm thinking more along the lines of like slasher flicks. Um, the 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 what is it? The gore porn like hostile. Yeah, but uh, my point is, this Tom Petty video gotcha. gave me the exact same feeling. Okay. It was like a it was like a where uh, sugar coated bubble gum kind of version of it. But it was the same thing. It's like this. She's alive and she's made a cake, and you're just sitting here eating her, gloating over it. And it was it's just obviously yeah. uncomfortable. It was it's just weird. Yeah. Or you know what really gets to me is the the like the slasher films that kind of conflate sexuality with with m- mutilation. Yeah, so you got are... you take a beautiful girl, you see her boobs and you're like, oh, "Wow, I'm getting excited." And then you just mutilate her. And yeah, it's why like, are they always running away in lingerie? And, and then and then you're like, "Well, I was supposed to get turned on by seeing this hot chick, you know, half naked or engaging in some, you know, second basery." And next thing you know, they're graphically like dismembering her or something on screen, you know, like, like, you know, the prosthetics or whatever are so good that it's hard to tell or chopping her head off or whatever. And you're supposed to, what are you supposed to, what, what are you, what are you supposed to get out of that? I'm going to sound super lefty here right now. Do you ever think any of that was born out of any misogyny? Uh I, I don't, I think, yeah, I think there's some women hatred going on there. I think there's guys that are dweebs and nerds and that could never get the pretty girl or whatever. And, and they make these movies with that kind of that revenge fantasy thing going on. Maybe. Well, I, I don't know though. I never saw a hostel, but I saw, I mean, I know what it was about. And there was one scene that I saw like in a preview where the, there's two guys sitting in uh and the story is it's basically a, People kidnap people to have them tortured and people pay to see it. Mm -hmm. So these two guys are sort of sitting there and they bring in this woman who's tied to a chair with a bag over her head, like a burlap sack. And they, you know, they yank this sack off her head and she's just sitting there obviously terrified. And the two guys look at each other like, yeah, we really got something here. I was like, my God, who would watch a movie like this? Yeah. It's just, why? Because you have to get some kind of thrill out of it to enjoy it, right? Yeah, that's just sick. I mean, she's obviously sitting there terrified, and they're gonna torture her in this movie. It's just, yeah, it's well, sick. they even take it a step further. They don't even imply what's going to go on. Like maybe even just show the the perpetrator's face, yeah, and and just kind of like you you imply what's happening. Um, they go a step further and they just graphically show it, and it's just like that. I mean, I don't get that mentality at all. I just, I I wouldn't trust a person that wouldn't would come up with that would film that would participate in that i wouldn't trust those people for anything and i like like rob zombie's a good example his shit is like that and he's not as bad i guess as eli roth who does the hostel and all that um but wasn't he in uh wasn't eli roth in um uh the bastards movie the quentin tarantino one? Oh, i don't no 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 i think you might be thinking of a different person but anyways okay. um rob zombie i like rob zombie's music I mean, I, I like that hard rock stuff and, you know, silly hard rock and even like the, the artwork that goes with it, the kind of like the silly monsters and, you know, all that kind of weird retro stuff. I do not, I can't stand his movies because he glorifies the bad guys and he's, he's way, he's, there's like a scene in one of his movies where they're based, or there's the whole movies about them torturing a family, but it's just like, no, Eli Rothson and Glorious Bastards. Okay. Well, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong director then. No, because he did Hostel and okay. Green Inferno. And... There's, a, there's a scene where in one of these movies where these families being held hostage in a hotel and one of the people 
one of the family members gets killed and they, they cut off his face and then they take one of the daughters or something and put his face on her face, um, have her hands tied behind her back and then, um, like, like a mask. And then she somehow breaks free and runs away and gets out of the hotel room, runs into the street and, and gets hit by a semi and it's just a smear on the road. And it's like, what was that fucking supposed to convey to me? It just disgusted me. It's like any kind of hope you go, oh my God, she might get out of this. Why am I watching this for one? Yeah, I'm but getting kind of sick. Two, of two of you are thinking, oh God, there's a chance she'll get out of this. She'll escape. And then to do that fucking, the semi thing and make it graphic and make the smear on the road. And you're like, I just feel like shit now. And I hate the fact that I just saw that. And it that that, that image comes unbidden to my mind every so often. And you're like, I'm it, not something I want or enjoy or thought was worth putting out there for any any reason whatsoever, other than to to shock and and disgust people, and then to get off on that as a as a as a filmmaker. You know, by contrast, do you ever read The Monkey's Paw as a kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that was to me like that story without all the gore. I mean, uh, they wish for money and the the. Monkeys. Yeah, they get what they want, but the but it would come but with a always, heavy. But it's always he- cursed. Yeah, heavy curse with it, or heavy side effect. And so you get like three wishes on this mummified monkey's paw that this guy's friend, who's a world traveler, has, and he goes to throw it in the fire, and he's like, "No, no, no, I'll keep that." And he wishes for what a thousand pounds or something like that. Yeah. He's a British, and uh, his kid who lives at home, his teenage kid, falls into machinery at work, and the company that's goes, a compensation. Yeah, it's a, a compensation. Thousand, yeah. And so the wife gets a hold of the paw and she wishes for the kid to come back. And you can hear him banging on the door downstairs. And the dad's trying to find the paw before the mom gets down there. And the mom runs down to open the door. And the, just before she does, the dad goes, I wish my son was dead and buried. And she opens the door and there's no one there. You know, that whole thing, I mean, that was that suspense. And, oh, my God, what's going on here? And it let your imagination do stuff. But they didn't show you, like, the kid falling into it and the mom yeah. opening the door before the kid disappeared. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I actually like kind of creepy stuff. Creepy uh, is fine, but yeah. just flat out gory is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, Twilight Zone kind of creepy. Yeah. You know? This stuff is just, I don't know, just brutal. Well, I mean, I'm even not opposed to seeing something kind of gory and violent. Um, but if the over- you did like bone tomahawk, if the if the overall message, or if there if there's an overall kind of like light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing to it, like or stay in school, don't do drugs. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's not just the point. The point isn't just to disgust you or to make you feel shitty. But there's a there's a story to it, or there's a meaning for it that I'm, I'm okay. I'm a little more okay with it. Like the very end of the Watchmen is kind of bloody, but. There's a, well, there's the well. I mean, think of John Carpenter's The Thing. It's one of my favorite movies. It's gory. I mean, it's yeah. got some real gore in it, and but it's not. It's not the gore isn't just to shock you. The gore is part of the story because it's because part of the story is um, if you haven't seen it, an alien comes in and basically can take over people's bodies. And if it, you haven't seen The Thing by now, you're allowed to spoil it. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's this kind of the horror of it is that this thing, this entity is taking over people's bodies and, and it's a kind of a, um, body horror, they call it where you, you know, it changes you or whatever. And it's disgusting. Um, and it doesn't have a happy ending, the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't say that it has to, every movie has to have an up. Well, I, I can't say that it doesn't have a happy ending so much as that they, they stopped it. They stopped the creature from getting out and getting into the greater population. So or did they? Well, that's true. 
but you know what I'm talking about. It's like that at least there was that effort of them and, and they may have actually succeeded. They sacrificed themselves and they might have succeeded. Because isn't it the two guys left at the end? And they kind of look at each other and go, well, here we are. <laughs> yeah. We're going to freeze to death. I don't know if you're death. one of them, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're going to freeze here. So, I mean, I'm not totally opposed to gore because it is a gory movie and it's scary. And I, to this day, when I watch it, I get tense. I'm like edge of my seat tense. And there's some scenes that are just really, and they get to be pretty gory. Um, but it's not the, it's not gore porn. It's different. There's a, there's a difference between what they're doing there and between the Eli Roth movies and the Rob Zombie movies. Yeah. Well, on that depressing note, I think we should, (laughs) I think we should call this one before we, if you guys want have anything, any insight into that, because we, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said in this subject. I think if you guys want us to, if there's something we missed or you want to spring it up, uh, contact rooster at rooster at bread and circuses podcast.com or crow at bread and circuses podcast.com also you know anything about the immigration stuff we were pretty broad on that too there's no real answers to that either so and you know look we're never short on topics to talk about here there's plenty of stuff but if you have anything we're missing and you think you'd like to hear us talk about bring it up we'll be happy to do it yep except for more gore porn i'm pretty much over that yeah me too see you bye